welcome to series three of our Weekend Cumbria podcast. This series is supported by Cumbria County Council. I'm Jenna Sutherland and I'll be your host once again. I'm the manager of the Weekend Project at ICANN Health and Fitness in Carlisle. In this series, I'm going to be inviting some more real local people to share their health and wellbeing experiences and expertise in authentic and open conversations with me. Real people telling their own stories in their own words. Welcome to episode two of the Weekend Cumbria podcast. Today we're chatting to Natasha Bloxham, who is a 35-year-old model from Carlisle. Natasha's also a member at ICANN Health and Fitness and is here to talk to us more about body image and learning to be comfortable in your own skin. Good morning, Natasha. Morning. How are you today? I'm pretty well, thanks. That's good. That's a good start. So it's really interesting that we're sat here chatting today at the grand old age of 35, because of <laughs> course, we very first will have met when we were 11. Must have been when we were 11. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. When we started yeah. year seven at We Trinity went in the school. same form all the way know, through. All the way through secondary school. Um, so I guess I know we chatted before we started the podcast. We've had a few messages discussing what we're going to chat about today. So I guess from our conversation, secondary school is a pretty good place to start the conversation today. I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe even a bit of primary school beforehand, because I think it very much shaped who I was. Yeah. Um. So when I started secondary school, I think a lot of people, when they start secondary school, get put in the same form as somebody that they already know, someone they're friends oh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never got that uh. um, because I wanted to be at Trinity, which is where I went. Um, all of my friends went to St. Aidan's, all of them. Mm. Um, and so I was immediately just put into this class of people that I didn't know. Yeah. Um. A couple of them I did go to school with in primary school, but they weren't really like friends. <laughs> so like that was kind of my starting point. And because of that, every single lunch break, I would literally like go to lunch, have lunch, sit in the form room and sketch in my book mm. and talk to no one. It yeah. was ridiculous, really, when I think about it. But um, yeah, I just I did not have the self-esteem or confidence to introduce myself to anyone mm. new um I just felt so different and I didn't feel like I could really kind of get on the same level as anyone mm. and I think that very much shapes you when you're at school as well like yeah. if you do find someone that kind of like you get along with you do get very sort of clicky in yeah. schools I think uh-huh. And it stops you from actually introducing yourself to anyone different to yeah. you, if that makes sense. Especially if you get really comfortable with like one or one or two people. Um, it, it can make it difficult, I think, because I don't know, even like American sort of teen movies and stuff always represent these different groups of um, teenagers that you can really relate to. So you've always got like the the arty kids and then the sporty kids and then like and, and actually you can recognise it from your own teenage years that it is pretty true. And it's really hard to go between them groups. Not many people have the ability to kind of be able to click in and out of different groups. So once you're in one, you probably think, right, I'm safe here. I better not kind of stray too far from this safety net. Yeah, exactly. And then when you go to college, you realise just how damaging that actually Mm. is because then you're basically put into the same situation again where you have to introduce yourself to all these new people and you don't really know how to do it because. You've got your friends and they're no longer with you and 
you want people exactly like them and it's never going to work that mm. way. So what did you do from secondary school when you finished your GCSEs? Did So I went and did a foundation art and design degree okay. at art college and I did start the process of coming out of my shell a little then because I finally started allowing myself to wear what I wanted to wear mm-hmm. and I wasn't really afraid of the fact that other people weren't really going to approve of that. So that's interesting as well, though, because there's a lot of conversations about school uniform, because obviously at school, everybody's made to wear a uniform and they're not, they're, they're, they're not able to express themselves through clothes or fashion, whether they wanted to or not. But then you've just said from, from college, you started using your clothes to, to maybe yeah. express a bit of that. So that to could express have been, myself, that could have been so. a significant part for you that you weren't being forced into a uniform. Yeah, I think that's fair, actually. Maybe yeah. that started from sixth form as well, where yeah. I was starting to be able to just sort of wear what I wanted to wear. Mm. But I even found when we were in school uniforms, like people found ways of making it their own. They yeah. might like turn their collar up or they might like wear a skirt instead of like trousers just to be For cool me, it was all the thing. gold. I just wore all the gold. I yeah. was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you were very much the fashionistic type, I think. Do you think that's, so? That's, that's kind of how I saw you in the whole sort of school hierarchy thing. It's, it's interesting. You were one of the cool kids. Was I? Yeah. It's interesting. I, I won't name names, but I had a, a conversation with somebody else who, I'll tell you afterwards, with somebody else who went to school school with who was in our form and she said something really similar and I was like oh really because it's interesting how people look how people see me compared to what I was feeling really interesting because obviously we were all teenagers we all had our own struggles going on and we were trying to fit in or blend um yeah and I think people seen me as being a lot more confident than probably what I was feeling on the inside Oh, bless. Which is interesting, isn't it? You were always one of the nice ones to me as well. Like, we weren't like friend friends, but you always kind of had time to like talk to me and like made me feel not quite so much of a shell in the corner. So that was nice. I I feel like um, I I probably, I I always sort of stuck up for people, I think, where. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. Um, Yeah, that's something that I can kind of remember. There's one of the lads who was in our farm that. I've spoken to since we left school and he said he always remembers that um I, I had I, so I must have had some, some confidence mustn't I but I stood up to the bullies if that makes sense so I was never one of the bullies but I could quite be confident enough to stand up to the bullies and I apparently I, I protected him once on, on yeah, a lunch break you did so. the same with me yeah yeah oh well that's quite a good quality I'll take that <laughs> so I, I definitely must have been brave <laughs> So you've been into well-being from the very start, you have. Yeah, exactly. It must have just been, I must have been tuned in. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I'm at college and, you know, I'm starting to sort of get an an identity through Mm. my my clothing and even the music I'm listening to now as well, you know, like I was very much into my like my heavy metal stuff and things yeah. and again that's not a cool thing to be into at the time but then when you get to art college you realize that it's really funny because you think to yourself oh well if I dye my hair like I'm gonna like stand out and then you realize everyone's doing it yeah <laughs> and so actually you're just one of a crowd again yeah um but yeah it was sort of it was that and then realizing you know what it was that like I was really into and kind of what I actually wanted to do and my art as well, I think, was a good part of my uh, my self-expression. Yeah. But yeah, it was around that time that I actually started finding um, the inner model. <laughs> yeah. So um, I pretty much got started when, um, gosh, when did I get started? 
I guess I properly got started when I was doing a, um, I was just modeling for a friend at art college mm -hmm. that was just doing a project. Um, it was a project called Life Without the Labels. And um, everybody was basically actually um, photographed topless, which oh, is quite a big thing. Yeah. Um, and somehow it didn't feel like a big deal at all. Mm. It kind of felt quite nice to just kind of say, yeah, this, this is me. Yeah. Like I had my arm over me, so I was kind of like covering my modesty at the time. Um, but then like a, a sculptor had seen that and um, asked if I'd sort of be willing to try out to be a, a sculpture model. That was kind of when I realized that like people could see bodies as something other than just sexual objects. Mm. You know, I was kind of like a, a form of sort of like lines and curves and stuff. And that, that was all he was interested in as an artist. Yeah. And I found that really empowering. Yeah. Like to just sort of like say like, this is my body, this is me. And, you know, it's beautiful. And then kind of having that realization in myself that I am beautiful because mm -hmm. I think all the way through school, like I just, <laughs> you know, I didn't really feel pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I felt like my my hair wasn't right. Like I had like really, really crooked teeth. Like I had to have three years of braces. Um, I had my glasses, I had bad skin, like all of it. But I don't know. I think there comes a time when you realize that actually everyone's dealing with that. Mm. Like everyone's kind of got their own problems to deal with. Mm. And actually, as bad as those spots and everything seem to you like on a morning, like no one really sees them. Yeah. They just kind of look at like your eyes and yeah. you and like just talk to you. And um, yeah, you know, there are bullies that will pick on things, but that's just kind of the way it goes really, isn't it? Mm. But So I guess it's been very much a process since then because I, I reckon you've sort of late teens, early adulthood at that point and, and now you're 35 and I know we've had conversations and, and uh, about, how you feel about your body and and your modeling and you are for me I think you're really super confident in your body but as we mentioned and you're welcome as well you you do take care of it pretty well you you know you you're very good with your fitness yeah so yeah um my fitness is something I only really got into sort of around 2019 properly mm. and again it was actually a self-esteem self-confidence issue that stopped me from doing that properly because I find a lot of gyms, maybe not so much now, but very intimidating, mm. very much sort of like you go in and everyone just appears to kind of be like doing their own thing and you're kind of worried that you're going to do the wrong thing yeah. or, you know, you look at how someone else is doing something and you think, oh, I'm not doing that right. Or indeed, if you're, you know, wearing a skimpy top or something, then maybe, you know, you're worried that you're actually being assessed while you're there. Yeah. And um, this really put me off from like going to gyms. Like I tried a couple of like really big ones and they just did not work for me at all. Like mm -hmm. I just couldn't get what I needed. Um, I actually used to work as a support worker for a while. And I took somebody that I supported to ICANN Fitness. And um, I just saw that there was just sort of this sort of community energy there. And, you know, there weren't that many people there. It was a friendly atmosphere. Everybody kind of knew what they were doing, like there's the specialist equipment. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I kind of decided that I'd give it a go. So I did the, you know, the three day trial. Yeah. And yeah, it was just an instant, oh, you know, this person showed me how every single piece of this equipment works and it's all 
so easy and it's an all women's gym so yeah. I don't feel at all intimidated or worried that I'm gonna be you know judged while mm. I'm here does that does that is that a big thing for you that it's a ladies only gym because I know body image wise as you know as a young woman and and certainly as a model that must have you must have came up against that sometimes where I know you've said that you've had wonderful moments where you've realized that or people have helped you realise that your body isn't a sexual object. But I guess you've also had the opposite of that. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as a model, you do actually have to get used to compliments and compliments about your body. Mm. And sometimes, you know, more sexual ones for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I don't know really. Do it doesn't bother me that much anymore. No. Like, I think that's also part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, realising that was part of my self-confidence yeah. journey as well, mm-hmm. you know. So do you think the ladies-only gym is somewhere, do you feel that the fact that it's ladies-only means you can kind of take you and your body there and kind of not not have to think about that side of things? Or? I think to start with it was, but mm-hmm. I also just really like the communal feel, mm-hmm. you know. We're all women there and we're all supporting each other mm-hmm. oh, on our different yeah. goals. Like, I like the fact we don't, all have the same goal like some are maybe looking to lose weight some are maybe looking to tone up some are just looking for you know friendship yeah. people to talk to that's what i really love about yeah. i can oh lisa and julia are going to be so thrilled to hear you <laughs> say that because i know that, that you are a really v- valued member of the i can community and you have been for i don't know how long you've been a member uh, now it's been well, depends on whether or not you count the lockdown year. If you count the lockdown year, that's been three years. Yeah. 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 Should we have a pause there? Sure. Um, so we've covered kind of teenage years and then we're into early adulthood and, and you've talked to us about how you felt about your body. How, how did that affect you, you when it came to relationships? Okay, so... um. Yeah, I suppose that is very much a big part of it as well. Realising that you can find yourself attractive is very important in order to actually attract other people. It's like, if I don't find myself attractive and I don't like myself, why should somebody else Mm -hmm. like that? And um, I think we all get into a trap to start with and we all kind of think that we need a dependency on someone else to tell us that we are attractive Mm -hmm. and to make us feel that we're attractive. And I think my first few relationships were kind of like that. Mm. Um, You know, instead of actually being confident in myself, I was trying to take that confidence from someone else. But I don't think that's a really good way to do things, you know? Yeah, it's got to come from you, hasn't it? It took me quite a while to realise that one. Mm. And, um, you know, in some of my relationships, people weren't really so supportive of my modelling either. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't want me to do it because they didn't want other people to see me as that attractive figure. Yeah. Um, Which, when I think about it now, is is really quite toxic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So how did you wrestle with that then? How how did you manage that in your relationships? Or did those relationships just come to an end? I mean, one of them was quite long and... um, it, it continued really and mm. I, I kind of, I, I did some modelling but I did kind of hold back on certain jobs because mm. I knew they didn't want me doing that kind of thing. For example, like my, my art nude modelling, mm. you know, really bothered them but it was okay if I was wearing clothes mm. which is weird because, it, you know, I'm still an object I suppose. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of 
dwindled along really and then after you know one of my breakups I kind of like went okay right I've kind of got nothing holding me back now I kind of really want to make this modeling thing a Mm. thing um and I'd sort of like I'd come out of like a a retail job like I'd been unfairly dismissed (laughs) um and I didn't really know what I was doing with myself and I went okay I'm gonna do what I actually want to do now Mm And I actually did, um, I think, about three years of what's called TF, which means time for. So you basically model in order to get, like, prints of yourself or, like, images of yourself. And you just keep doing that. And sometimes, you know, you'd have your expenses paid and sometimes you wouldn't. It took quite a while for my family to understand, like, how that worked. And I was like, I'm just building up my portfolio so I can prove to people, like, I am worth hiring. Mm And yeah, after those three years, like I actually got like my first paid job, which was absolutely amazing. And it was like, oh my goodness, like I'm actually like worth paying now. I bet that was a huge moment then. Oh, definitely. Because I think when I started this entire thing, it was like, it was almost like a pipe dream. It was like, I really like being in front of a camera. Mm. Like I decided this since about the age of 11. Mm. Um. And I kind of like had like a, a weird love hate relationship with it all because, you know, I'd kind of got scammed by an agency and left it for a while and then came back to it at college. But yeah, I realized it was very much the self expression part of it was something I really wanted. Mm. Um, I know when people think of models, they just think of sort of like the, you know, the glamorous side, all the nice clothes and the makeup and stuff. But for me, like, I really like imagining like a scenario or like an emotion or something and actually personifying that Mm, on camera like that's the kind of modeling I really like doing yeah um and that was a really big part of my self-expression of Mm. me my sexuality and just who I am yeah so yeah sort of realizing that um my last relationship that I had um I basically said to them look I am this model I do these levels I will keep doing this. You mm-hmm. can either take it or leave it. Yeah. That that was basically where I got to. So And that is a very much I am what I am moment, yeah, isn't it? It really was. Yeah, compared to because I picked up on a little bit of the language you you used about previous relationships and the sort of wrestle with you working as a model and having that relationship and you used the the expression it was holding you back. So you were obviously not quite confident enough in yourself at that point because you were allowing that relationship to hold you back whereas now you're fully able to stand in front of another person and say this is who I am you have to either accept it or not yeah exactly yeah how how long ago do you think that moment came is that a fairly recent thing or um that particular moment was about 10 years ago something like that but um I feel like it's even more strong now than it was Mm. because in that relationship towards the end I then realized that I was doing that toxic thing of trying to please that person by letting them have everything they wanted the way they wanted so like literally like the tv program we were watching the food we were eating Mm. the restaurant we went to like I was just letting them choose everything And in that, I was actually losing myself, Mm, my identity, and what actually attracted them to me in the first place, which is a huge thing. Mm. And I've kind of realized also that dependency on one person, like like I've said, it's not a healthy thing. It's so much better to be 
self-actualized and happy in yourself mm. and then share that happiness with other people mm. rather than to rely on that one person for happiness oh absolutely and that, that this is a, a, a thing i've been sort of thinking about a lot in the last few years about re- relationships like romantic relationships and friendships because i just think we we don't give enough credit to the stuff we're getting from our friendships like we don't need I don't know there's this this version in I don't know movies and on the telly of this one person gonna arrive and fulfill your every need in your life and um I don't know whether we can blame Disney movies or what but I just now I'm so much more able of being able to look across kind of the spread of my relationships so whether that's my romantic relationships or my friendships or my family and I'm just able to think oh yeah we 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 have this kind of relationship and this is what we enjoy doing together and actually we have this you know somebody else we we enjoy doing this and not one person's ever going to be able to fulfill all of them needs and I know for you personally you're you're really able to do that with your relationships aren't you yeah and how boring would life be if we were all the same yeah. and like there was literally you know we would have nothing to talk about mm. because you know what makes a person unique is all the things they're into the things that sort of you know give them passion the things that light them up yeah i absolutely love it when i meet a new person and they talk to me about something they're really passionate about yeah even if something i've got no idea mm. about it could be like airplanes or like microphones or guitars or whatever but we're like, looking at you adam when we're talking about microphones <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's amazing like i've kind of come to this realization now and like I think this thing is sort of like an it's an ongoing journey anyway. Like Okay, so there's this one thing people always say and it's you've changed. Mm. And I think to myself, yeah, I have, but that's what we're supposed to do. Mm, we're supposed yeah. to grow. We're supposed to evolve. We're mm-hmm. supposed to learn. That's what life actually mm. is. And um yeah, I've I've come to this realization now that everyone's got their own path and their mm. own way of doing things. And just because somebody's path is getting married, having kids, you know, and and being in like a a nine to five job does not mean that that should be my path too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, having that realisation and realising that I'm allowed to live my life the way that I Mm. want to is such an empowering thing. I was going to say to you, I was kind of thinking I was going to say, so if you could say to your 11 year old self you know if you could take her by the hand and have a little chat with her what would you say but I guess maybe maybe you wouldn't want to maybe you wouldn't want to change anything because like you've said you've got to exactly where you are because of all of that I mean that's a really interesting way to put it I think I would just kind of say you know you're you're okay like Mm. yeah you're gonna struggle a little while here and you know you're gonna take a while to find your tribe Mm. but you know, that tribe isn't all that's there. Mm. And, you know, maybe open your eyes when you smile. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, as well, 11-year-old Natasha got you to exactly where you are now. So she didn't do too bad. She did pretty well, actually. She did pretty well. well. Yeah. She made a job out of nothing, and I'm not quite sure how she did it still, but (laughs) I'm just so, so appreciative of the fact that I am where I am now. You know, I can say, like, I'm a full-time model, I travel the world, I get to do the things that I actually want to do and meet new people and, yeah, I just absolutely love my life. And you're comfortable in your own skin? Very much. Um, yeah. 
And, and did you think when you were 11 that you would ever be able to say that? No, no. definitely not. No, mm. I don't think 11-year-old me would even believe what Natasha is doing now <laughs> as a grown-up. Oh, I think it's amazing. And I think it's it's been so good to, to get to know you again in the last couple of years because obviously our lives went in their separate directions like you said, you've just pointed out there. We're on, on very different paths, paths yeah. Um, and and then obviously we've we've joined up again when I started working at ICANN and it's, it's been so lovely getting to know you. And thanks so much for coming and sharing a bit of your story. I mean, we, we'd have to talk for hours if we were going to delve into everything. I know <laughs> Indeed we have some, we, <laughs> we have some very interesting chats um but yeah I really appreciate you being here and sharing that because I think it's really powerful and and just for me seeing you sit there and 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 seeing the the woman that you've become uh, you should be really really proud I am I am Good. and so should you oh thank you thank you thank you for listening to the Weekend Cumbria podcast if you're affected by any of the issues raised in any of our episodes and would like to talk then please do get in touch you can contact us via our Facebook or Instagram pages, which you can find by searching We Can Cumbria.